1: 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
0: all Master, Savior. I have come to seek you. In preparing and planning for Christmas time, We're always conscious of the time of the year, and we try to do something obviously that will fit in with the reason of the season, Jesus the reason of the season. Obviously, we talk about Jesus every week, but we want to talk about the Christmas story. But we always look to present it in a different way that's going to bring life and truth to each and every one of you. So we were praying for direction and saying, God, what would you want us to do during this month? You see, because it's so important because it's not what we need to hear. It's what God wants to say to our lives. Can I hear an amen? So many times we want to, tickle our own fancies, if you want to say, our own ideas and make ourselves feel good about life. But sometimes we need to be challenged. And we need to have God speaking the truth into our lives. It's going to take us from where we're at to where he wants us to be. And, and I want to hear that. I want to hear something that's going to produce life for me. I don't want to just hear a story as great as stories are. I want to see my life become a new story through his story and the power of his word. And as I was praying, just that word came into my mind, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. I know what Emmanuel means, I I I was an angel. I know it's hard for you to believe, I was the angel almost every year in the Christmas play. I guess I wasn't an angel the rest of the year, so they thought, let him be an angel at least at Christmas time and see if it will rub off. Well, it finally rubbed off, if my halo's straight today, there you go. But I remembered the words of the angel that would come and said, his name is going to be Emmanuel, which means God With us, so I'm kind of pondering on that. Hmm, Emmanuel, God with us, and then it was like it hit me. I knew what we were going to be talking about through this month. God with us. Here's the thought since God promises to be with me, knowing that must change the way I live, it has to change the way I live, because I am not alone anymore. I've never been alone. And knowing that God is with you has to change everything. Maybe for you it's the first time you're hearing this. Great, we're so glad you're here. Maybe you've heard that thought for years. You need to be reminded today because understanding and knowing that God is with you changes everything. You see, he wasn't just a baby that was born. A precious little baby. You know what it's like to go... I remember when Kelly and I just recently had Judah, just recently two years ago now, seems just like yesterday. And, and I remember what it was like just to hold that baby. I remember what it was like to see other people visit us at the hospital or visit us at our home. A baby does something to people. There's just a joy. There's just an excitement. But yet they're so frail, aren't they? They're so delicate. And, and you're trying to so gently hold them. I remember being a parent for the first time. I thought I was going to break the baby. I I, I got a lot of faith when I saw the nurses and the midwives come in and grab the baby after it's been born and lift it by its legs and pull it by its arms and, and how they were. I was like, man, you're going to break my baby. But it's amazing, isn't it? The resilience that perhaps a baby still has. But you see, I think so many times that's how we regard the Jesus, the Emmanuel inside of us, that we want to be so delicate. We want to be so soft. We want to be so quiet. Because we don't want to wake him. He's just at peace. Oh, isn't that cute? I want you to see a different Jesus today. Thank God for the baby that was born. Thank God that he was cute. Thank God he was lovely. Thank God he was lowly. What do you mean by that? I'm thankful that he was born in a stable. Why? Because he wasn't born out of my pay grade. Come on. He wasn't born out of reach of mankind. But he came in the lowest form. The angels appeared to shepherds. The lowest lifestyle of that day. For what reason? Jesus said, I came from the lowest to the greatest. To meet the needs of every person. But I'm thankful he came as a baby, but today I want you to see that Emmanuel is not a baby that you're rocking inside of us, but Emmanuel is a warrior within, that you have a champion, that you have a God, that you have a creator of this world who spoke and this world appeared. That's the Emmanuel that wants to live inside of you. Oh, he brings peace and comfort and joy just as a baby. Come on, he's not gagaguga. Come on, he has power in his words. And when he speaks, things happen because his word will not return void. That's the Emmanuel that I want you to see. A warrior that is within each and every one of you. What's the promise? With you always. Tomorrow he'll be with you. He was with you yesterday when you kind of felt that you were all alone. God was there. He has always been there. In every circumstance, just like Sarah was saying, you can go through things and you disconnect yourself from society because you're hurting and you're wounded. And it's hard to be around other people who are having fun and they're engaged and they're doing. So you isolate yourself. You separate yourself. You feel all alone. But I want to tell you, you're never alone. Because in any circumstance that you may be right now, he is still your Emmanuel. Every day, every moment, never alone. Hebrews 13 and 5, let's hear it from him. If you don't believe me, let's hear it from him. Look what it says in the last part of that verse. I will never leave you. I will never leave forsake you. Come on, say that with me. I will never. Say never with me. Will you say that? I will never. Come on, let's just say that part together, will you? I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. What a promise of Emmanuel. What does it mean when he says, I will never? It means he will never. It means that he will always be present. Always present. But how is he present? He says, I will never leave. I'm always there. But he says, I will never forsake you. Have you ever had someone with you and they were by your side till it got a little bit tough and all of a sudden they may be still there, but they're forsaking you. You know what I'm talking about? I remember what being like a kid, you know, when someone wants to beat you up and you're feeling good because you have your buddy beside you and you're like, man, he's okay, he's got my back and they kind of take a little bit of a step. They're still there, but they kind of forsake you. Did you ever have someone forsake you when you needed them to have your back? Come on, God's not just there, God's engaged. God's right there saying, I've got your back. i got your back. You don't have to worry because he is actively involved, not just a passive bystander. He wants to be actively engaged. And as great as Christmas is, and I love Christmas, my favorite time of the year, we've also got to realize that Christmas represents the greatest time of pain and hurt for many people. It's one of the times where people feel at their loneliest when it's the busiest. And so we've got to remember that and that's why we're going to be teaching this series because we want everyone to be reminded that what's the message of the season, that you are never left alone again, that God is with you, that God is with you to enable you, to equip you, to help you, to strengthen you, to lead you, that he is the source of life that you need. Some of you know people who are hurting right now. This is a tough time for them. You need to be saying to him, you need to be in church with me next week because pastor's got a word for you. Come on, whatever you're facing in life, God has the answer and God is the answer to your life. What is the promise? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But we can leave. I said we can leave. We can choose to leave and unfortunately many times... We do. How do we leave a never forsaking God? Through doubt. Through allowing our fears to rise inside of each and every one of us. Sin is a separating factor that will cause us to leave God. What about the feeling of unworthy? Have you ever been there? Kind of feeling, why would God ever want to love someone? And it disconnects you from his love. He didn't disconnect his love. You disconnected your love from him. But no matter where you may have gone, no matter where you've gone in your thoughts, your heart, your mind, God has never left you. He is right there. Oh, the enemy wants to be busy reminding you of the fact, oh, God could never love you. That Oh, God's not with you in those circumstances. But there's a reason why the enemy is trying to make you feel like that. Because he knows Emmanuel means that God is with you. Today we're really just laying a foundation. But would you say with me today, Emmanuel? Come on, God is with me. God is with me. He's not just a God with us. Thank you. The angel said it's Emmanuel. God with us. He has come to this world. I thank God that he's an us God, but I'm so thankful that he's a you God too. I'm so thankful that he's a personal God because he wants to meet you and I right where you're at. When you read the stories of Jesus... In Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, in the Gospels, the life of Jesus. And I encourage you, there's Bible reading plans for this month that you can go on YouVersion and other apps and you can read through. Read through the stories of Jesus. One of the things that you'll see over and over again is the personal interaction Jesus has with people. He's not ministering to people from afar. In fact, it hardly is ever mentioned that Jesus raises His voice. Because he doesn't have to, because he's up close and personal. He's right there with people. Everything he does, he steps into a funeral procession that's happening. That's personal. That's personal, And he turns around and says, hold on a second. Lays hands on the boy and changes a funeral procession into a family reunion. That's the God that he serves. Come on, he is personal. He is in a meal one day. Someone's forgotten to wash his feet because everyone wants to be served. No one wants to serve other people. And a prostitute comes into that environment. She falls at his feet. She breaks a flask of precious oil. With her tears and her hair, she washes and wipes his feet. He's a touchable God. A lady who had an issue of blood says, if I can just touch him, why I'll be made whole? Why? Because she realized Jesus didn't come to be a spiritual icon. He came to be the Emmanuel right there with us. That whatever we're in, it's touchable. He's reachable. He's obtainable. He knows right where we're at the word of God is full of that, a personal God, a personal God. What do we see in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis? We read that every day God would come in the cool of the day and walk with Adam and Eve. What does that suggest? God wasn't with them all day, every day. God came for moments to hang out with them. But what do we know today? He doesn't want to just come in the cool of day. And it's a good job in Louisiana because he would show up about three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Amen. He wants to be with us each and every day because that's the desire he has. He doesn't want to come and leave. He wants to come and stay. Because he is a personal God every day, every moment He is with you. How did he come to this earth? He came and lived on this earth as a man. Why is that important? Here's why to me. That means he fully understands my experiences and my struggles. Have you ever been with someone and you're trying to explain to them what you're going through? And they say to you these words, I know how you feel. You just want to slap people sometimes. Have you ever ever been in that place? Because you know they don't know how you feel. Come on, is anyone with me on that? But it's it's just a thing that we have. Why? Because we want to try and help them so I know how you feel. God's not just sitting there like a counsellor saying, tell me your problems. And in his mind, he's going, oh my goodness, what am I going to say? God knows the struggles that you are facing. Why? Because he experienced the struggles for himself. Not as God but he came as a man to experience those struggles hebrews 4:15 and 16 says for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are here's the key yet without sin. He was tempted, but he did not sin. Come on. He had the struggles, but every time he went through them. I like how the New Living Translation, it says, it says this, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. We so often want to hide them from a God who understands. Listen to me today. We want to hide them and keep them. From a God who understands so much. It goes on to say, for He faced all the same temptations as we do. Yet He did not sin. I love verse 16. Therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. Anyone need mercy in here? Come on, His mercy is readily available for every one of us. But it doesn't stop there. And that we will find grace to help. Say with me, grace to help. Grace Grace to help in our time. Need. Don't you love that? He came as a man. He knows our feelings, the temptations, the struggles. He faced them. He overcame them. But we can now come to him and he can not only sympathize with us and say, I hope it's going to be OK. He can assure us that he knows it's going to be OK because he is the answer and he is the truth. He has all the mercy that we need, all the forgiveness that we need, all the second chances that we need need, all the hope that we need. But he's also the grace for help. Come on. Grace is not just unmerited favor receiving what we don't deserve. Grace is the strength that we need that the next time we face the struggles, we can be an overcomer instead of being knocked down. We can rise above because he's the grace to help you where you're at today. His grace is able to help you if you'll just accept the fact and realize he's with you he is Emmanuel right there but say with me it doesn't end there come on it doesn't end there thank God he lived as a man thank God he died as a man thank God he rose again but now he lives as God Come on, he now lives as God. He is God. Meaning what? He now has all power and authority. So he doesn't just sympathize and say, I know where you're at. He now says, I know where you're at, but I'm the answer to everything. Because he is God over you. Come on, he's not a man inside of you. He is God, the creator of the universe that is inside every one of you that has the power and authority To deliver every one of us from the sin of our lives. If you don't believe me, let's go to the Word. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. And you, it's talking to you, and you, and me, and each one of us. Being dead in our trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. In other words, everything we did, we were so separated from God. We were dead in those things. But what has he done? He has made us alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Man, I was going to have a board up here and I was going to have a whole list of things that we've maybe done in our life and things that we're not proud of. Come on, I wouldn't like the list of my life to be seen by those around. But God knows that list or God knew that list. Let me get it right. Because he came along one day and he says, oh, you want to give your life to me? You want me to help you? He takes an eraser and he erases everything off of that board. And now all you see is a blank canvas looking back at you. Come on, that's what we're speaking about. When he died upon the cross, he paid the price to erase the sins of mankind. He's not just covering them so that one day they could be exposed again. He is removing them. Come on, the requirements that was against us us which we were were contrary meaning what we couldn't earn it we couldn't do it we couldn't obtain it and he has taken it out of the way nailing it to the cross new living translation says he canceled the record that contained the charges against us amen amen oh i'm glad about that come on i'm going to shout if you're not he has canceled. why you can't do that as a man You can't go in a box, and, and excuse me, listen, I love everyone, but you can't go in a box and confess your sins to someone else. And expect them to forgive you and go and do an act of service or something. The only forgiveness came from the greatest act of service that this world has ever known. That Jesus stretched out his hands and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But I will be that lamb. I will be that sacrifice. And with a loud voice he cried out, it is finished. You see, man cannot forgive you. Man can sympathize and know you, but only one can deliver you and free you. And that's the God, the warrior that wants to live. This is just the foundation. Is this okay? We're going to get to the message. Turn to your neighbor and say, hold on, we're getting there. We're getting there. getting there. New Living Translation, where he canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to the cross. I love this, verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, what did he do? He made a public spectacle of them. The devil's having a field day. He's on a cross. He's hung his head and he's died. Come on, there's darkness that covers the earth. The devil thinks this is it. This is it. This is it. Come on, it may have been an eight count. It may have been a nine count. But come on, before the ten count happened, come on, the veil in the temple was ripped in two. Come on, the earth began to tremble and shake and there was an earthquake that took place. Why? Because he wasn't dead. He was just delaying his return while he went to hell to take care of some business. And he said, devil, give me those keys. Come on. Give me those keys. Come on. The devil's so defeated. He doesn't even have keys to his own house. Come on. Come on. That's the Emmanuel. That's the God inside of you. Oh, yes, I'm still going through a divorce. Oh, yes, I'm still maybe broke. Oh, yes, I maybe don't know a God. But lift your head up high because Emmanuel is inside of you. The hope of the world lives within each and every one of you. Come on, we can tell God all our thoughts. We can tell God all our feelings and all our needs. Because he's been right where we're at but now but now he has the ability and he has the availability to be the power and the help that you need to make it through come on someone say praise god in the house praise god he's the warrior inside of you notice the word the warrior he's not with an o the warrior He's with an A. He's the mighty, victorious, King of kings, Lord of lords. Many of us have a warrior with an O inside of us. Oh, what am I going to do? Poor me. It's over. It's done. That's the God many have. That's not the Emmanuel that wants to be inside of you. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. Let's get to the story today. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, what you need to understand in a Jewish marriage situation, there was actually three, um, three things that would take place. Three steps in a Jewish marriage. The first step was you had to have the approval of both families. So both families had to agree that you were the one for their son, daughter, vice versa. So there had to be an agreement. After the agreement, the second step was this they would have the public announcement. They would stand up and say, Ladies and gentlemen, we agree, Philip and Kelly, they're going to be married at a certain date, a certain time. It was a public announcement. That was what was called they were betrothed, or as we would call it today, they were engaged. But the difference between an engagement of what we see today and one then, an engagement was something that was still binding because to break an engagement or to be betrothed still required that you would divorce someone. You would have to divorce them before you were actually married, okay? So understand that. So it could only be broken by divorce or death. Death would be able to break an engagement. And then the third step was that the, the couple would be publicly married and then they would live together as a married couple. So Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And the Bible says before they came together, meaning that there was no sexual activity in that betrothment, in that engagement, that's only for marriage. So they weren't sexually active together. But what does it say? But she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, verse 19, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, he was going to divorce her, put her away, not publicly, but secretively to protect her. Think about this. Joseph is faced with a difficult choice after discovering the fact that his engaged his promised wife was now pregnant with a child. Try believing that story. I mean, put yourself in his place. He's sitting there and she's trying to explain to him the fact that an angel came to her. And an angel came to her and said, you are very favoured and you are very chosen because the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to have a son. He's going to be the saviour of the world. Imagine sitting down to Joseph and saying, Joseph, we need to have a talk. Imagine trying to explain that one away. And that's how it happened. But Joseph, don't worry with all that's gone on. I'm still a virgin. I'm still yours. Everything's okay. We're going to live happily ever after. You see, we get it today. Why? Because we know the story. This is really new to Joseph. Really new to Joseph. I haven't seen them lately, but they used to in like Walmart. This is like the headlines from an Enquirer magazine. Remember in Walnut, you know, like aliens mowed my lawn, or like a bus was found on the moon. I remember like what you know they're so crazy. They want you to pick them up and look at it because it's so crazy, and that's how they try to sell those things. Never bought one. Just want you to know that. Maybe read a couple of front covers while I've been waiting in the one line that's open, and they've got twenty-five that are all not open. Anyone? with me on that one praise god not bitter but better praise god but this is like a story like from the twilight zone jesus is like yeah right and what would the angel wear and he like this and and did he look like yeah right yeah right he's struggling he's struggling but the bible says he's a just man he's a godly man He's a man who loves her deeply. So he has two choices. In his mind, he has two options. And the options that he has is he can divorce her or he can have her publicly stoned and killed because that's what the penalty was for unfaithfulness in a relationship like that. Killed for her unfaithfulness. But God gives him a third option. Read what it says, verse 20. But while he was thinking about these things, what am I going to do? What's going on? Do I believe her? I love her. I want to believe her, but how can this be? Thank God an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream saying, Joseph, you son of David. I love how it sets it up because that's the lineage of Christ. He was to be born of the, the lineage of David. Joseph is a son of David. He says, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, because everything she has told you is completely true. Come on, what she has, that baby, that which is conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bring forth a son, just like she said. And you're going to call his name Jesus, for Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. As I began to read that, I thought, thank God for the dreams. Thank God for the words of hope that God brings to every one of our lives. But the reality is this, we have to wake up from the dream. We have to wake up because there's a new day the next day. And what we've got to make a choice to do is, even though we've dreamed it, even though we've sensed it and we know it, you and I still have to make a decision to live with it and suffer the outcome as a result of it. He had a dream, yes he did, but he still had to marry her. He still had to take her. He still had to trust in something that he really did not understand. But in all of this, can you see how Satan is so busy working? Because Satan is doing everything he can. Because he knows the outcome that's going to happen for both him and mankind if this child, the Christ child, is going to be born. But here's another great thought for you. Joseph thinks he only has two options. But I'm so thankful that when we look at situations with God, there are more options available than we could think. That could preach because I've been in many times thinking there's no hope. No way out. But God always comes through with another option. Come on, in my temptation, the Bible says He always promises to be my way of escape, my hope. God opens up new options and doors. Maybe today, I just feel this, someone sitting in an impossible situation, you say, there's no more options. Yes, God. God is producing and going to bring another option for your life to give you the hope. Oh, you've got to trust him. You've got to step out in faith and you're going to have to do it. He can't do it for you. He can just make the way for you. But you've got to walk the path and the plan. But just trust him. Just trust him. Trust him. But you've got to love the heart of Joseph. Man, I've got to get through this message. He's trying to do the right thing by her. But by God's guidance and voice, God helped him to make the best decision. And he didn't just make a good decision, he made a God decision. Listen, when decisions affect the lives of others, we must always seek God's wisdom in our lives. Christ's birth was supernatural beyond any human logic and reasoning. And as the infinite, unlimited God took on the limitations of humanity so he could come live and die for salvation for all of us and everyone who would believe in him. What did the word say? You shall call his name Jesus. The Lord saves. He did not come to help people save themselves. Listen to me. He came to be our savior. And he came to give us the power to be free from the penalty of sin. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 700 years earlier, 700 years earlier, prophesied of this moment and this time. And what does the angel do? The angel quotes Isaiah from Isaiah 7 verse 14 and in verse 23 we read it. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us, God with you. Emmanuel, I E, interchangeable, both rights. So I want you to know that. But what is this Emmanuel? Remember, not as a baby, but as a mighty warrior. The warrior within. God wants to be your constant help, your strength, your comfort, your peace. He wants to be your love. He wants to be the everything you need. I love this. He wants to be your grace to help. Your grace for help. But we've got to start seeing ourselves differently. We've got to start not seeing ourselves as defeated. We've got to stop seeing ourselves as used goods. We've got to stop seeing ourselves as a failure and a mistake. But yet we've got to start seeing ourselves that a God has chosen to be inside of us. That we are never alone. That no longer are we unable, but we are fully able with God. Now your circumstances and situations may paint a different picture. But that's where the Word of God says, greater is He that has to be inside of you than anything that's in the world. Come on, you've got to have a greater God inside of you than the greater pressures that are all around you because he is Emmanuel with you. So let's quickly look at Isaiah, if we could, because Isaiah speaks again of this Christ child, this Emmanuel that would come in Isaiah 9 verse 6. It says, for unto you or unto us a child is born, unto us a son Is given John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's how he came. That's how he was given. But remember, he's not still an infant baby inside of you. He's a warrior king. Why do we know that? Because it goes on to say, and the government will be upon his shoulders. In other words, he has all power and he has all authority. And it goes on to say, and his name will be. Here's the thought. Here's what he wants to be for your life. Because he's true to his name. He's true to his name and his name will be for you, for I, for each one of us. Wonderful, counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The New Living Translation puts a comma between wonderful and counsellor. But the, really the thought is this, he's wonderful counsellor. Yeah. So I want to look quickly at the warrior that's within you, what he desires to be, the Emmanuel with you. Number one, he wants to be your wonderful counsellor. He's the one who is exceptional. He's the one distinguished without peers. The one who gives the right advice. Many are quick to turn to the wrong counselor today. So many people. You cannot talk your problems away. You've got to give your problems away. Now I'm not opposed to counselling, we counsel people here, but it has to be godly counselling. If you're counselling with someone who isn't instructing you according to God's word, it's the wrong counsel and it will not bring you freedom, it just brings dependency. Dependency. Let me say that again. You won't be free. You'll just be dependent. You'll now be dependent upon them. So really what's happened is you've just transferred your addiction from maybe drugs to a person. You've now transferred your problem to a person. So there's no solution because you're still dependent. And If I can't meet them this week, my life's going to fall apart. Thank God that he's not someone that you have to book an appointment to. He's an on-time God that anytime, anywhere, any place, he can be the wonderful counselor and let me just give you a note, can I? He may not tell you what you want to hear, but he'll tell you what you need to hear each and every time. Come on, our freedom comes through the wonderful counselor, Christ who brings freedom. I don't want man's opinion. Well, if you go and do this, and if you say this, and if you be this, Come on, I want to know the truth because the Bible says man's opinion doesn't bring freedom. Only the truth of God will bring the freedom. John eight thirty two you shall know the and the truth shall make you free. God showed me something this week I wished I could share. It. Too many people are building their lives on a belief instead of a truth. Well, this is what I believe. Well, that's great that you believe, but the fact is this. No matter what you believe, truth is still truth. You see, if two plus two is four, you can believe it's three, five, whatever you want. But your belief's going to steer you wrong. And it's not just going to steer you wrong once. Because every time two plus two is not equal in four, you're going to be wrong every time. You see, well, I don't believe like you. Listen, I don't believe I stand upon the truth of God's word. And that's where we've got to be. Because belief is my opinion. Truth is fact. It's final. It's right there. You want to know the truth of God's word? Read it for yourself. Come on, abortion is murder. That's the truth of God's word. Doesn't matter what you believe. Come on, promiscuity and all these things, and sin and addictions and strongholds. Come on, the truth is this there is sin. You can believe whatever you want. I'm building my life on truth. You shall know the truth. That's why so many people aren't free. They're building their life on what I believe. This is what I feel. This is what I want to believe, is really what they're saying. It's a truth we've got to have in our lives. I wish I could preach it. You have to come back another week for that one. But Emmanuel, God was in the flesh. Thus God literally came to mankind to be with us. But what do we see? God's not with us as a man now. He's not physically still with us. But He now is present in our lives through the Holy Spirit. We see that. As Jesus said himself in John 16, verse 7, he says, For it's your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, if I do not go to heaven, the helper, come on, he's still Emmanuel. That's the helper that he wants to leave with. He will not come. But if I do depart, God says, I'm going to give him to you. Come on, why was he going to give him to us? Because the angel said he's going to be with you. That doesn't mean he's only there for a moment. He's there till the trump of God sounds. And even after the trump of God sounds, he's really there. And we're really there with him. But jump to verse 13, it says, and he will guide you into all truth. You want to know what to do in your life? Wonderful counselor will guide you into all truth. You see, the problem I've discovered in my life and the problem I've discovered as a pastor is this. Most times it's not the case that we don't know the right thing to do. The problem is we just choose not to do it. We know what's sin, we know what's wrong. We know that. We have a conscience that's bearing inside of us, a still, small voice that's speaking, but we shut it down and drown it out with those things and appetites and desires. We know what's right. We just need to start doing those things. But there's no greater leading and counsel than the word of God. God's word for your life. Jeremiah 3, 3, 3. He says, call upon me and I will answer you. I love that. Come on, he's the counselor 24-7. 365, 366 every four years, come on, he doesn't even take a leap day off. Doesn't even take February the 29th off. He's there, right there. Aren't you glad that God doesn't have a sign and says, I'm not open Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? I'm closed for national holidays. Come on, uh, call back later. Come on, He says, call to me anytime, in any way, in any place, and I will answer you. Read Psalms 121 for yourself. It says this the one who keeps me neither slumbers nor sleeps. Come on, I'll lift up my eyes towards my help. That's the God I serve. He doesn't He doesn't have to sleep. The only reason you sleep is to replenish and rebuild. He doesn't have to replenish and rebuild because he's perfect. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. What do you need to know in your life? Stop going to Sue and Johnny. Stop going to God. Start going to the Emmanuel, the one that will show you the great things and the mighty things that you maybe don't know for yourself, but God knows what you need and God knows right now. God says, call upon me and I will answer you. Come on, he says, when you pray, I'm going to reveal and bring things to you that you maybe don't know right now, but I know what's best for your life. And I'm going to take you. And he's not just a counselor, he's a wonderful counselor. How many times have you said, oh, I had a wonderful meal. Wow, we had a wonderful time. What is that? You're emphasizing the fact how great a time you had. Come on, we need him to be a wonderful counselor. Why? Because he's requiring each and every one of us to proclaim his greatness to the rest of this world because someone at your workplace thinks he's an ogre. Someone thinks he's a scrooge. Come on, someone thinks God is just up in heaven waiting to punish them. But no, he's wonderful. He's my friend. He's my savior. Psalms 8 verse 1, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. We've got to proclaim the excellence, the wonderful counsel to those around. Move on quickly. Number two, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need any help. He's God all by himself. He's the omnipotent one. He's the all powerful one. He's the Lord almighty. One additional meaning means he's the hero. He's my hero. Come on. He's the infinite hero of his people. Come on. He has no kryptonite. He has nothing to make him weak. He's the divine warrior who has triumphed over all sin and death. He's not still fighting the battle. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because he's done it already. All you and I have got to do is tap into what's already done. Man, that's a hero. He's conquered devil and whipped him once and for all. And now he's seated in his power and splendor. That's the Emmanuel. Sorry I'm getting excited today, but I want you to know the Emmanuel, the warrior that's inside of you, First John four four. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Are you ready to this? Look at this. The power within you far succeeds the supersedes the pressures from without. Come on, the power that's inside you far supersedes any pressures from the outside. He's greater than divorce. He's greater than financial struggles. He's greater than cancer. He's greater than loneliness. He's greater than despair. He's greater than anger. He's greater than hatred. Come on, he is the mighty God. Mighty God. I love what Moses says in Deuteronomy 26 and verse 8. or What God says to Moses. It says, so God brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Think about that. Just with his hand, boom, God brought them out. God set it all up. That's how great God is, that he can deliver two million people from the greatest oppressor on the face of the earth just with his mighty hands. Yeah. God is great. Come on. And with an outstretched arm. Come on. His arm and hand is ever outstretched towards each and every one of you. Because he's a mighty warrior. This may be old, but it's still good. Instead of telling God how big your problems are, you need to start reminding your problems how big your God is. Come on. Greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. Number three. He's everlasting father. He's eternal love. He's timeless. He is God the Father. I love this scripture Jeremiah 31 verse 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wow. He's eternal father. Come on. His care for us is indescribable at times. And as our heavenly father Matthew 7:11, if we then being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your father, come on say with me Emmanuel. That's my dad. Come on, say, that's my dad. Come on, that's my dad. Come on, that's my dad. Come on, you can mess with a lot of things with me, but don't mess with my kids. Come on now, because super dad comes out if you're going to start messing with my kids. You can call me whatever you want, but don't touch my kids. Come on, that's how God thinks about you. Come on, he's everlasting father. Devil, you can do some things, but watch my kids. Come on, I'm going to step up and stand out for my kids because he knows how to give so much more. Will your father who is in heaven give good things? to those who ask him. Everlasting also means he's everywhere present. He's everywhere present, dad. Some of you haven't had that in your life. Your dad's maybe not been present. Come on, his promise is to be a father to the fatherless, a husband to the widower. Come on, he's promised to be there, an everlasting father, present to meet your needs. He's everywhere, desiring what? To take care of us. We need to realize that. He's Emmanuel. One more, he's the Prince of Peace. Come on, he's justice and peace. Listen to me. Peace isn't just what he gives. Peace is who he is. He doesn't just give peace. He's the Prince of Peace. His name is peace. His light is peace. John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. That's the Emmanuel. My peace I give you. That's the Emmanuel. Not as the world gives it do I give it to you. What's the world's peace when everything is fine? Everything is falling in place. That's the world's peace. But God says the peace that I want to give you is this, that your heart does not have to be troubled or afraid. In other words, circumstances may still be tough. But his peace can see you through the darkest storms of night. His peace can be that hope that people are looking around and say, how can you still have a smile on your face? The reason I have a smile on my face is because I have joy in my heart. And the reason I have joy in my heart is because Emmanuel is there. He's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. But I thank God he's right there as Prince of Peace. Would you stand to your feet all over this place right now? Come on, Emmanuel. Emmanuel.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen... We are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.